Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and talk about our favorite topic, ourselves. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And before we even tell you what movie we're watching, if you do hear a noise that sounds suspiciously like a fart, it's not. The man in my ceiling has <laughs> made his way into my walls and is doing drill work today. So <laughs> happy Valentine's week to all. But you know what? If that's not enough of a gift for you, we did bring something else for you. And that is more of us. Yay. Surprise. <laughs> it's more. The only gift we know how to give you is just throwing content at you. So here's more. We have a YouTube that will officially be launching on Valentine's Day, which is this Wednesday. So if you did not know about it already, patrons did. So if you feel left out, become a patron. Sucks to suck. Yeah. <laughs> if you did not know about it already, go to YouTube and just search for I Am The Cute One podcast and then subscribe so you don't miss anything Even else. Even if you are an auditory type of gal, you don't plan on perusing our video, please, number one, just subscribe to our channel so that we can get those numbers up, all the things, but also the intro to our videos do you want to give a shout out to your friend who just absolutely crushed the game with i think quite literally the most chaotic intro on youtube perhaps ever ever to be seen on youtube uh -huh. yes my friend who worked at gumstrom company with me mike jones is his name you can follow him on instagram his name's in the show notes he created this for us he also is perhaps you've heard of her the drag queen sahorny beaver follow her on instagram as well mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. truly we gave him a vision and he brought it to life and i thought we were being a little too chaotic but he said nope yeah. here you go exactly what you asked for and, and more. more so go over there and subscribe so you don't miss that it's so good um, so what we're talking about today is not just all the other projects we have coming for you. We're going to be talking about our YouTube channel for the next 50 minutes, so please buckle in. We'll also dabble in discussing Bridget Jones' Diary. So here we go. Let's dabble. The movie came out April 13th, 2001, which was only 151 days before September 11th. No. Wow. 
Yeah. Can you believe? This cannot become a new <laughs> recurring bit. Then definitely. we cannot cover any movies from 2001 because it will happen anytime with that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> The number one song in the United States was All For You by Janet Jackson. Mm. And Spy Kids was top of the box office with Along Came Polly as the number two spot and this movie as number three. My girls recently just saw Spy Kids for the first time. They <laughs> I loved thought you were going to say Along Came Polly. <laughs> I didn't put it past <laughs> Big that. Ben Stiller fans here <laughs> in the Ono Chels household. This week, The Weakest Link premiered on NBC. Goodbye. And the producers <laughs> opened on Broadway, <laughs> starring Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick. So that's all things that happened. But then Vince Vaughn was arrested and trampoline enthusiast Steve Buscemi was stabbed in the face during a bar fight in North Carolina. Donnie, this is what I was telling you about. <gasps> Remember I said I thought that he got stabbed and then it turned out that it was... Not my college town, not the yeah. years I was in college. See, this is the problem with my type of knowledge. There is always a kernel of truth, and we do get there eventually. That's what I said like a million episodes and ago. And I fully forgot about it. So this was brand new information to me. But now that you told me you told me, I remembered you telling me. <laughs> what do you think it means that Bridget Jones's diary and Steve Buscemi being stabbed came out the same time? What does that mean for us collectively as a human species, do you think? <laughs> I think it was just an iconic year, right? <laughs> and September 11th hadn't happened yet. Oh, my God. You're right. Mm -hmm. September 11th really changed everything. Some might call it a cultural reset. <laughs> Some might. Glitter would have been top of the box office if not for September 11th. <laughs> and Mariah Carey will be the first to tell you that. <laughs> oh, my God. favorite September 11th video Donnie, is when someone... My favorite September 11th video... <laughs> Wait, wait, Chelsea. Uh -huh. I just need to tell you that people with my kind of brain existed in 2001. Because there's a video that starts, and I don't know if they did it to be funny. I don't know why they did it. But the video, on a camcorder, again, I cannot stress enough, this was not edited. They start on a poster of Mariah Carey's glitter saying, coming soon to theaters. And then they pan up, and there's the Twin Towers on fire. But, like, why, why did we need Mariah Carey's glitter in it? I don't know, but now I will be Googling that video as soon as we log off. Was that like posted on Vine? Oh. That feels like a very Vine type of video. I forgot Vine existed, yeah. I will probably. never forget. That medium was perfect. Like six seconds of chaos. There was like a silly unhinged energy on Vine that I don't think any other platform has captured since. Until this podcast, perhaps. And to really sell the chaos, the man in my wall is just constantly hammering now. Just a steady beat where I could make a diss track about you with this beat. Piss Donnie's cut. <laughs> so cuties, if you hear the hammer, this is why we need those five-star reviews and ratings so that one day we can be in studio and not, no, you know, where there's men crawling in the walls. <laughs> So a little background information about this movie. It was based on a novel, which was based on Pride and Prejudice. So we're not going to talk about Pride and Prejudice, okay. but I do want to talk about the novel itself. It was written by Helen Fielding, and the book was sold in 40 countries and sold more than 15 million copies. Wow. Cute. I think I said this last episode when we announced that we would be covering Bridget Jones's Diary, but I have never read the books. I've never seen the movie I obviously was aware of Bridget Jones's Diary. It is my mother-in-law's very favorite movie, which I have oh, wow. many follow-up questions for her the next time I see her. 
But I really went into this pretty blind. So even now I'm understanding like Mr. Darcy, et cetera. I'm seeing the ties. And you know what's crazy? Mark Darcy was played by Colin Firth, who also played Mr. Darcy in the Pride and Prejudice movie. Wow. He's just obsessed with the When you know, you know. (laughs) Typecast. So that's the novel. Then the script was written by Richard Curtis, who was the creator of Mr. Bean. Okay. He also wrote Love Actually and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Wow. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Is it just (laughs) that I'm a dumb American and I am also famously face blind, so I only know certain British actors? Or is this the lot? Is this the pool that we're pulling from? Because I feel like in every British movie, it's the same people over and over and over again. Well, I think your knowledge of British movies is Harry Potter. I think there's a lot of actors in the Harry Potter movies. So because of that, you have a lot to choose from. Also, just this is the same cast as Love Actually. Oh my god, We just right. needed Emma Whatserbuns in there. Yeah, that'll do it. But I do want to talk about Harry Potter really quick since you opened that sure. door. So much Harry Potter. I know. Professor Slughorn was the dad. And then uh-huh. I gasped when I saw Moaning Myrtle. And I want to know, I have never I, you know, I would say, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that we avoid talking about people's appearances on this podcast. That's a fucking <laughs> lie. The woman who plays Moaning Myrtle and also this unhinged best friend in this movie, uh-huh. I'm so perplexed by her because she has not aged. And yet uh-huh. the starting point for the age, is it 60? Is it 13? I can't tell. I don't know if she looks like Benjamin Button aging backwards, stuck in the transition period. I don't know if she is like a little Victorian child that also simultaneously looks 80. I'm just so confused by her face. She was 37 playing Moaning Myrtle. That's what I'm saying. And then I saw her in a recent movie or show. And she looks the exact same. So I've had the same visceral experience, whether I'm seeing a movie from the 2000s or the 2020s, where I say, oh, my God, Moaning Myrtle. And she looks the same. Do you watch Star Wars? That's where I saw it. Wow. I learned something new about you every time I talk to you. Sometimes I wish I didn't talk to you. (laughs) I wish I didn't know that. You watch Star Wars? Sideshow.com to get your Star Wars merch, Oh, yeah. We love it. I do have that decoration on my shelf, but... Next to Rosie O'Donnell. I can see my little baby Yoda in the corner over there. My girls are still obsessed. My youngest daughter still tries to bring him to bed. (laughs) It was directed by Sharon McGuire, who directed this one and then took off for the second movie and then came back for the third. So that's Hmm. sweet. Okay, now the budget. The budget is crazy. It was $25 million to make, and it brought in $334 million. Holy shit. I know. Like, it's good, but Christ. Roger <sighs> Ebert was a big fan of the book, apparently. He gave the movie 3.5 stars, and he said, glory be, they didn't muck it up. Glory be. <laughs> wow. Oh, Raj, a big fan. I know. Love that Bridgie Jones. Oh, God bless. And then he wasn't the only one that loved the movie because Renee Zellweger was nominated for an Oscar, but lost to Halle Berry for Monsters Ball. Hmm. Yeah, it should have been for Catwoman. I realize I don't think I've ever seen a Renee Zellweger film besides this one. You've never seen Chicago either? Oh, I have seen Chicago. 
Okay. Is she British? No. Wow. I was going to tell you this in the trivia, but I'll tell you right now. To prepare for the role, she gained 25 pounds, and then she actually worked at a British publishing company for a month where she used a fake name and an accent, and nobody knew wow. it was her. I didn't realize how much her old face really does look like Meredith Grey. I see it. I truly just don't think I've seen her acting that much before. Maybe I was so blown away by Chicago's music numbers that I just <laughs> forgot to to pay attention to who was in it. So now three taglines that I'm bringing you. The first one is health warning. Adopting Bridget's lifestyle could seriously damage your health. Are we just doing fuck, Mary kill this week? <laughs> Back to our roots for Valentine's Day? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. fine. I'm going to fuck that one. I think it's yeah, funny. Yeah, cute. Second one, for anyone who's ever been set up, stood up, or felt up. Ooh, I think I have to marry it because I, I'm scared. That one's not bad to me, so I'm going to marry that one. They're actually all not bad, kind of. The last one is, all women keep score. Only the great ones put it in writing. Okay, I'm fine with killing that one. Yeah. But those were pretty good. I know. Maybe British people make better taglines. Or maybe us. because it was a book. Maybe they asked oh. the author to, hey, you can write. Why don't you come up with some quippy Perhaps. promo things for us? And then the only bit of trivia I have I just want to tell you other people that were going to be cast and I need you to envision any of these people okay. and thank God Renee Zellweger well the first one is fine Tony Collette was offered the lead role but she okay. was in Broadway at the time so she had to turn it down I think she would have been great I love her she plays unhinged very yeah. well now here's where we lose the plot a little bit Heather Graham Helena Bonham Carter Cameron Diaz and Tori Spelling were also considered. Tori Spelling, no. No. Absolutely not. Helena Bonham Carter is too old to be playing 32. Yeah, I feel like I can see what they were trying to do with Cameron Diaz. And who was the other one? Heather Graham would have been fine if it was a TV movie. No, I actually think she would have been good because have you ever seen the movie? The Spy Who Shagged Me, Austin Powers <laughs> No, too. I have seen that one as well. We need to cover Austin Powers soon. <gasps> we do. Oh my okay. gosh. I'm afraid if we ever cover Austin Powers, it will just pull out 12 year old Donnie because that was my entire person. It would just be us quoting it at yeah. each other. Don't make you horny, Randy. What does it all mean, Basil? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've already started. No, I was talking about oh, have God. you ever seen Heather Graham in that Eddie Murphy movie where he plays twins? Like he plays two people and he's making a movie. Oh gosh, what's it called? Wingnut? Oh, no, no, it is not called wingnut. What is wingnut? No, it's like a really weird word like that. Gold bond? Bowfinger, Bowfinger yes. She is really good in Bowfinger. Very <laughs> comedic. And I feel like that proves to me she could have pulled off Bridget Jones. But this was 100% the right 1,000%. So what character, if any, do you identify as? So I don't know what I was expecting from this movie. I wasn't expecting to like Bridget Jones, the movie or the character. Oh, wow. But I do like the movie and the character. And there are elements of her that really resonated and hit close to home. Number one, her cooking Mm -hmm. is me. Yeah. Number two, her inability to keep her shit together and just be (laughs) a normal person operating in this world. I was shocked. My world was truly rocked when Dr. Bald, a couple years into us dating, just casually was like, well, like, people know you're unhinged. (laughs) I really thought that, like, I... It was your secret. Yeah, like, it was my little secret that, like, when I was ready to reveal my weirdness to the world, like, surprise, I'm a weirdo, that it was on my terms. And Dr. Bald, like, very lovingly, I think he actually said it as a compliment of, like, well, one of the things that immediately drew me into you is just, like, how much you're yourself and like you really don't give a shit how weird you are (laughs) and I was like "Uh, 
Pardon moi? <laughs> I am a normal lady in society. How dare you? Oh Who are you? I am a little bit of Bridget because I am quick to slide into a binge eating alcoholic depression full of self-loathing. But also I'm her friend that was the one hit wonder from the 90s because I'm also quick to assume people are speaking to me because they recognize me from my projects. (laughs) And like now I have a podcast, but I used to think people did that even from school plays. Yeah. Wait, are you from Ben Salem? Is that how you know me? No, they're not. I love that as you get more and more famous, that level of delusion is still going to remain the same. So when people start recognizing you all the time, you're going to be like, oh, what work are you familiar with? When I played Kanicki in Greece? <laughs> could it be my podcast? Or was it my villain arc on Big Brother? It could be anything. And then if they don't know me from Kanicki in Greece, I'll send them the DVD. <laughs> anyway... Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. It is now time for a one minute synopsis. So let's go to one of our many cuties who have been begging to give a little recap on this show. Mm. Take it away. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Hello, it's me, actress, feminist, activist, and the person responsible for bringing Hermione Granger to life, Emma Watson. Chelsea, I've heard your relentless shit-talking about my American accent, and I've hit the books and practiced. So I would now like to offer the following one-minute synopsis using my best American accent. Bridget Jones is a mess. Her dad is Professor Slughorn. Her best friend is Moaning Myrtle. And she accepts the love she thinks she deserves. She's caught in a love triangle until she realizes she's perfect just the way she is. Suck on that one, Chelsea. Wow. Wow. Thank you. I'm surprised every every week. week. Wow, that one was a surprise. (laughs) Let's get into the movie because... We've been here a while already. (laughs) So 32-year-old Bridget Jones is headed to her mother's annual New Year's party. And this year, like every other, she's being set up by her parents in between being groped by her non-uncle. And again, I don't know what I was expecting from this movie, but I certainly wasn't expecting a mom within the first minute of the movie calling the Japanese a cruel race and then comparing her daughter to a Holocaust victim because of her wardrobe. It really set the tone of like, oh, right, 2001, here we are. And I think, no offense, British people, but British people, I think, just have a harsher language than us. Like the C word flows off their tongues. So Mm -hmm. I think the like culture of 2001 and then amplified by British language really made this movie shocking. Right. Americans really like to be polite about our racism. Yes, exactly. We have a quiet, insidious sensibility to us where the British really just lay it all out. So this year's man to meet at the New Year's party is Mark Darcy, a lawyer and childhood acquaintance. And although she has no interest in him, it's still upsetting when she learns he views her as nothing more than a verbally incontinent spinster who smokes like a chimney, drinks like a fish, and dresses like her mother. And I get it because I don't like people who don't like me either. Yeah, that was like very specifically vicious. We have different approaches to this because you, I think, have a healthier approach. When some 
somebody hates you, you're like, all right, fuck you too. You're dead to me. When somebody hates me, I feel immediately compelled to like deliver a TED talk on why they should like me. To them? Yeah, like I'm such a bitch, but the moment that somebody just outwardly does not like me or I get a vibe from them that they haven't figured me out or they think I'm annoying, Mm. I feel compelled to show them that they're wrong. Like, no, you should like me. And I will say I do have a pretty good success rate of slowly winning people over. Like people begrudgingly finally admitting that they like me is kind of my whole brand. First of all, I do think you're right. I do handle people hating us more in a sane way. But I just assume anyone that doesn't love me hates me. And then anyone that hates me, I hate you back. So, like, it could just be because you're shy or because you don't know me very well. But if you are not humping my leg like a chihuahua, then I hate your guts. And it makes it tough when there's like friend groups. Let's say I work with two people and then they invite me to their friend group. This friend group doesn't know me, but these two do. So when the friend group isn't acting the way these two that knows me well are, then I'm like, fuck all your friends. Oh, no. (laughs) I have a two part thing with social situations. So number one is people do not expect this from me, especially if they know this online persona, but I'm very shy, Mm. especially in a big group when I'm first meeting people, which when it's combined with my resting bitch face, Mm. people just assume I'm a bitch, which I am, but in a completely different (laughs) way than they are thinking I am. So a lot of times people misread me at first until I start opening up. And I so often get the note of like, wow, like I have so much fun with you. I really thought you were a stuck up bitch when we first met. And I'm like, cool, live, laugh, love. (laughs) But also I have the opposite thing as you. Our delusions are a match made in hell, really, because Mm -hmm. you assume if people don't love you, they hate you. I just like, I really just assume everybody loves me. Mm. And then if it appears somebody does not like me, it's so shocking to my system because I'm so used to just assuming that the world is obsessed with me that then I'm like no 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 like look around everyone else loves me what's wrong with you let me tell you why you should love me. I feel the need to show don't tell oh I'm not literally telling them Donnie I'm not literally sitting them down and I being never like, know I'm a generous friend I have a new furnace so my house is nice and warm oh my god you know what's never true what? when people tell you that they're funny if you have to say I'm funny you ain't I feel the same about people who say they're nice. Mm. In general, in life, that means boring. Yeah. If the only descriptor is, oh my God, she's so nice. (laughs) Boring. Boring is the word you're looking for. And one more before we keep it moving. Uh When people post about how pretty their friends are, (laughs) they're hyping them up for no reason. They're like, this is the prettiest girl I've ever met. She is so pretty. I love to look into her eyes because she is so pretty. (laughs) Look into a toilet because... (laughs) I'm about to barf. I've got the name of a good optometrist because clearly it ain't 2020 up in your brain. Yeah, Donnie has shared that with me before, so I'm glad you've now said it behind a microphone. As Bridget watches Frasier, drinks herself silly, and sings along to easy listening stations, she decides it's time to make serious changes because she doesn't want to be 
I had the mic for this one. It did not have to be a duet, but apparently it is. So she starts a diary where she can track her calorie intake and cigarette use and also list her New Year's resolutions, including, but not limited to, not lusting over the alcoholic, workaholic, perverted, commitment-phobe, emotional fuckwit known as her boss, Daniel. Okay, Donnie, it's been a while. I need you to dust off that pink pussy hat, jam it on that bald beacon of a head you've got over there, and let's get cracking. Let's hit those feminist books because Hugh Grant in this movie is playing like such a fuckboy douchebag asshole. Mm -hmm. And the crazy thing is I had to look up. I was like, what was the time frame for the scandal where he cheated on Elizabeth Uh Hurley with a sex worker who he paid $60 for a blowy? Uh And it was six years earlier. It was 1995 (laughs) that that happened and quote unquote ruined his career. So number one, let this be further evidence that cancellation has never been a thing, especially if you are a successful white man with a full head of hair in Hollywood. But it's just so wild. Monica Lewinsky, what is she still to this day known for? And then there's Hugh Grant six years after this sex scandal, basically playing himself and being celebrated for it. Society really hates women and loves Hugh Grant. (laughs) Well, I'm not in society then because I hate Hugh Grant and women. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you hate Hugh Grant? Like as a person, as an actor? Yeah, there's nothing charming about it. Oh, see, I'm such a hypocrite because I'm like, fuck (laughs) this, society's crazy. Also, I'm a member of society and I will later be talking about how fucking hot he is in this movie. Huh. I mean, to be fair, I do not like Colin Firth either. There was just nobody for me to like in this movie. We should have had Jen back on for this movie. Well, we can have her for the sequel. Okay. Yeah, so everybody go back and listen to our Love Actually episode with Jen from Blocked by Jax because she is so funny, but she, for quite literally no reason, just went off about how ugly Colin Firth is. Not for no reason. It's because he is. No. <laughs> He's Chelsea. not ugly. Plain Jane. He's just regular, like, real-life person hot. He's not movie star hot. I think you can just leave hot out. He's just regular, real-life person. <laughs> but getting over Daniel is not as easy as expected when he starts flirting, which is also known as workplace harassment, mm-hmm. through their email. And doing it is a problem, obviously. But why would you do it in an email? Yeah. You have your own office. Just call her in to take a honk you don't need to type it in an email and why did they type like this the syntax of these emails i was so thrown i had to rewind the scene of their first email exchange three times why did she type like tarzan it was like skirt not small skirt good management bad tarzan love jane no stop that she did she talked like that a lot not just in this email yeah it was her diary style too quippy Save it for Gilmore Girls. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
with Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. I know you don't speak for all women, but the scene where he gropes her on the elevator was very Grey's Anatomy to me. And now that we know she looks like Ellen Pompeo, it even ties in even more. But... Why do women like sleeping with their bosses? I don't know. I guess it's like an authority thing. Mm. I don't speak for all women because, you know, I famously have a problem with authority. So there's never been any part of me that's wanted to fuck Mm. anybody that can tell me what to do. Do you have a kink for authority figures? Um... A little bit, yeah. Mm, I can see it. Even like government, not government officials, not like the president, but like a man in uniform, even though I don't like what the uniform stands for. Like, fuck Mm. the police. (laughs) I don't really support the troops. But like, show me army porn and wet as a dog. Don't love that analogy. (laughs) Firemen are hot. And my house burned down, burned to a crisp. They were were hot hot even that day when I was traumatized. 
Firemen are famously hot. No, they're not. Only the ones that make it into the calendar. But if you look at a real fireman or a gym teacher, I want to stand up and shake my belly for you because that's what they look like in real life. Why are we bringing gym teachers into this? Because everybody thinks gym teachers are so physically fit, but they're not. No, I told you about my gym teacher who told us about his shriveled little testicles (laughs) because he tried steroids. He was his own cautionary tale. When we got to the steroids (laughs) unit in weight training, he was like, let me tell you, two little prunes sitting in my briefs. Wow. Now, was he physically fit besides? Oh, yeah, he did steroids. He was very um, chode-like in his physique. Oh, like Joe Gorga? Actually, you may have been into him. He was a lot like Doug from <gasps> Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sweating. Let's find him in your yearbook and see if he has Instagram. Okay. I'll message him from my burner account. Okay. <laughs> Reality dictees. <laughs> so when... <laughs> So when Daniel expresses interest in taking her out after the publishing house's launch party for their latest book, she shows up with her best party tricks and Titus Banks and runs into Mock Darcy. That was perhaps your worst yet. Why did you sound like the nanny? I did not sound like it. That's just my voice. Mock Darcy. Mock Darcy. Who Daniel is not thrilled to see. And Bridget spends the party stumbling through her introduction speech, saying the wrong things and keeping to herself because the woman does not know how to mingle. I don't either. Do you? No. Small talk is... The devil's work. See, I feel like if I get into the conversation, I can be socially normal. But when she went up to that group of the three men talking and didn't know how to get in, I went to that launch party a couple weeks ago where I famously came back drunk and we did our Instagram live. The footage is on our Patreon. But at the party, it was like all of that, like groups of these people. And I didn't know anybody yet. So I tried to like go up to these groups and be a part of it and just stood there and listened to their conversation. Yeah, I do feel like it's the adult equivalent of like Red Rover, like Red Mm. Rover, Red Rover, send Donnie right over. And then you get emotionally clotheslined. It was awful. If I have something to do. Like, if I have a purpose to talk to someone, I can do it. So I can go up and say, hey, I have five minutes left at this party. I want to take a picture with you. Fine. And that's what I did with that wrestler. But to talk to people, I just can't. Everything we've said in this podcast episode, we're going to be a real treat when we have live events. (laughs) Make sure you're saving up for those meet and greet tickets, people, so that I can be weird. And well, you'll be good. You'll be good with people. I need to start prepping people when we do have a live event and we're meeting people beforehand. I do need to be prepping people that they're not going to be getting the like, I shit in a McDonald's bag version of me until after the show when I'm like amped up from being on stage. I'm going to be like, hello, good evening, welcome, thank you so much for coming. No, before each person comes to you, I'll just shake you, like shaking baby Slap syndrome. me across the face. <laughs> Get ready, here's another one. Now, I will warn the cuties, if you don't hump my leg during the meet and greet, I will hate you. Yeah, so slap my face and then give Donnie a good hump and then we'll take a picture. Thanks. Uh, so Daniel and Bridget have dinner where Daniel tells Bridget Mark slept with his fiance in the past and then they go back to her place and have sex and the next morning she answers the call like this Bridget Jones wanton sex goddess with a very bad man between her thighs and it turns out to be her mother but like this was not this is her landline in the morning who did you think it was going to be yeah it literally could be any person. Truly any I would argue that like the chances of it going wrong are significantly higher than that 
opening going right. Yes, you only have three friends. So, <laughs> so like, who cares if it is a telemarketer? But still, why? <laughs> but it is an unwritten rule. When one area of your life is going well, something else falls apart. And since Bridget is finally getting her cat meowing, problems everywhere oh. start Barking. Get it? Cat and dog. (laughs) Bridget's mother begins having an affair after meeting a man at her new job where she jerks off eggs on the home shopping network. Uh, Okay. This little egg contraption, Uh number one, reminded me of the Shake which I did own. As did I. It also reminded me of Eggies. Did you ever have Eggies? No. Okay. I literally had to ban myself from the home shopping network (laughs) because there was a period of time where I would just buy shit. And there was this thing called the eggy that was like this plastic contraption that you would put an egg inside of and then it would boil your egg perfectly. Like it came with a little handle and then you would like rotate it. But the first time I used it, I was so excited. All I talked about for weeks was I was getting my eggy. I was getting my eggy. The first time I used it, the plastic just melted (laughs) into the pot. So that eggy did not go well. I was also a really big fan of the shape ups, Skecher shape ups. Did you ever have a pair? The no. bottom of the shoe Mm-mm. was shaped like a boat, okay. and it was supposed to tone your calf muscles as you walked because it would <gasps> rock you back and forth. I'm and that familiar. wasn't an infomercial, but that was the same type of marketing that really drew me in. Like I felt a compulsion in my soul and my spirit that I needed those shape ups. And that's why, again, me spending time on TikTok is dangerous because there's that TikTok mm-hmm. shop. And now I've seen Mm. the little elastic thing that goes around your waist that crops your shirts. I've seen those little step machines that you're supposed to watch TV and step away. Step, 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 step. I haven't bought anything, but I think it is time for me to delete the app. I think you should. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Did your mall have the As Seen on TV store? Yes. Loved loved it. it. That's where I got my shake weight. Did you find it worked or it was more just a gimmick that you could bring out at parties? I didn't do it long enough to find out. And that's my problem with anything. I'm looking at a Peloton right here. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure that works, but not when you do it once every two months. (laughs) So maybe if I did the shake weight the way you were supposed to, maybe I would have bulging biceps and me and your gym teacher could be rubbing each other right now. I just realized I did buy stuff off TikTok already. (laughs) Two things, because uh-huh. the problem is I scroll on TikTok at very specific hours between like 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. So those are the witching hours. Money spent there isn't real. I got a weighted vest for when I go on my walks and I got this little, it's like a hula hoop, but it goes around your waist. And I guess it has like a weighted ball inside uh-huh. and you're just supposed to hula hoop and then it's supposed to like tighten your abs. Okay. Do you need to hold it up or it fits to your body? It fits to your body like a belt. And then you just... Oh, yeah. I'm going to buy that too. Yeah. I'll send you a link. (laughs) Thank you. Uh When I took that class to be a host of all different kinds, one day that we had the class was to be for Home Shopping Network. And I truly thought the rest of my life was planned. I was so good at it. I could imagine you're good at it. Thank you, Blair. Now, yes, these shoes are a size 12. What are they good for? I don't know. But I'll tell you this. I walked through the mud today and didn't get any on my pants. I love that. I would be a good sidekick to you because you would be able to keep it going. And then I could be like shouting out the random products because we know that I can bring any conversation back to a shameless plug. (laughs) Once again, YouTube, Google, (laughs) I am the cute one podcast. We want those subscribers. Call now. We would be good if I was a talk show host and you were the person that came on to sell me the different things. 
You know how they do that like every Friday? They're like, oh, and now we're going to sell you some random shit <laughs> for Christmas. That would be good. I could be the one that doesn't know what I'm talking about and you give the details. You think I should be the one giving the details? <laughs> Have you listened to any of our TGIF episodes? Okay, so maybe this just isn't the career for us. <laughs> I think that you could be the talk show host and I could be your little sidekick that always sits lightly off camera. My gay camera. piano player. Yeah, yeah, like I would be the person that's just on a stool that chimes in every now and again. Like, oh, Donnie, ha, ha, ha. You know, and that would be my voice on the talk show. For no reason whatsoever, that would be my voice. <laughs> Okay, back to the movie. Daniel and Bridget take a weekend getaway, and it appears great minds think alike or whatever, because Mark Darcy is on a getaway of his own at the same bed and breakfast. But while Bridget's weekend includes playing bumper boats and smoking and something sexual that's illegal in 20 countries, what do you think that was? Butt sex? Yeah. It doesn't include Daniel saying, I love you. And things get worse for her situationship when Daniel has to go back to the city early for a business emergency. So she heads to her uncle's tarts and vicars party alone (laughs) and also alone and wearing a costume. This is the part. The boat scene was when I was like, oh, God damn it. Hugh Grant is so hot. I will say that scene. Yes, did it for me Uh a little bit, but nothing else. Well, I would rather be on that boat than that boring oh, funny yeah. duddy boat where they were doing homework yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i agree but back to the tarts and vickers party i do everybody knows love a theme party i'll dress in a costume for your funeral if you ask me to my favorite theme party i think would obviously be ones i went to in college for my 20th birthday we had the high school click one but then i love any kind of like basic frat party theme like anything but clothes I always loved the highlighter party did you ever go to one of those I went to a highlighter party love those too yeah I'm lucky that my college years the phasing out of the super problematic theme parties Mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. beginning to happen now there are photos I'd like to just take accountability now I chose to not be cowboys at a certain party if you get my drift. mm -hmm, So certainly there are theme parties of yesteryear that I won't be Mm -hmm. revisiting. But Uh I love the ones where people take pictures of you from your childhood (gasps) and recreate the picture. I think that's so cute. I love that too. My friend did it. Night of a Thousand Calebs, it was called. Oh, cute. So now I need to wait a few years before I steal that idea or else it just looks like I'm copying him. You know what I hate? I'll tell you. Now the like big thing is for bachelorette parties for everyone to dress as a different version of the name of the groom. But like he's not there. Why do we need to celebrate him? We did an heiress tour for my cousin's bachelorette party where we did a bar crawl in the house. It was really fun. I really suggest for anybody out there who has to plan a bachelorette party. It was a great way of also like getting to know the other girls. Mm. But so there was like a high school room, a college room, a family room, and you would have an appetizer and a drink that was like a theme but then like they also dressed in character for how my cousin was during that time so like the college (sighs) people all wore their like college jerseys it was really cute that is so fun yeah that was like our pregame but Bridget goes in her playboy bunny costume and that is the least of her problems when she finds Daniel had sex with someone else someone else being his fiance someone else being Countess Luann de la (laughs) Sepps Money can't buy your class. I see it. But it is his fiance. His fiance, whose first words after being discovered in the bathroom are, I thought you said she was thin. So then Bridget quickly finds herself back on her misery couch, chain smoking, binge drinking, overeating, and watching fatal attractions. 
a few things. So let me put my pussy hat on. Number one, let's talk about Bridget being fat. She's not. No. And the fact that we had a weigh-in at the start of this movie that was yeah. 136 pounds. And uh-huh. then the entire narrative for the rest of the movie is like, wow, what an out-of-control, morbidly obese, fatty, fatty, two-by-four. Yuck. Disgusting. <laughs> it was so wild. Truly. And again, just such a reminder of like, huh, I wonder why eating disorders were just running rampant in the 2000s. Yeah, we didn't need weight checks and we didn't need the emphasis on her being fat. Like if we would have seen her binge eating Twinkies and drinking right out of the bottle of wine, we would have got the same image without saying like, you're at your fattest, 142. (laughs) Well, and I do understand that this was part of the book and part of the diary was the weigh-ins and the whole message is like, you know, you don't need to change yourself for a man, et cetera, et cetera. However, I think that... That could have been portrayed a little bit Truly, better. You would have thought she was played by Fat Bastard from Austin Powers <laughs> if you just read the script and didn't see the movie. Like, God bless. <laughs> I got bigger chunks of corn in me, crap. <laughs> in what world would your mistress's weight even come up? When talking to your fiance. There would be many comments I would make before <laughs> right. that. Now, my mom did ask me before if my second grade teacher was ugly. <laughs> and I was drinking milk when she asked. And then it came out of my nose because I thought it was so funny. Wait, you were in second grade and your mom said, is your teacher ugly? Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you say things in passing and some pieces of your personality just <laughs> click right into place for me. So after a few days of feeling sorry for herself, she, along with the help of Shaka Khan, throws out her alcohol and cigarettes, replaces her trashy books with self-help books, and finds herself a new job in television. And after her arse is exposed on national television, she's exposed to feel like an arse herself when she's the only single person at her friend's dinner party, a dinner party that Mark Darcy is attending with his plus one. And even though he has a date, he tells Bridget he likes her just as she is. And so after he scores her a legendary TV interview and saving her birthday dinner, a romance brews. I was not expecting to root for this character so much. That is like the third time you've said this. Why did you think you were going to hate Bridget Jones? I just thought I was going to hate this movie and her. Like, I always <laughs> knew that she was like, oh, this pathetic woman who blah, 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 blah. Oh. You know how I usually feel about pathetic characters where yeah. they're just annoying to me? You picked this movie to watch. Because it was Valentine's <laughs> Day. So mm. I figured this was one that's come up a lot of times as like uh, okay. a quintessential yeah. rom-com. But yeah, I wasn't expecting to like her so much. I cheered during that <laughs> TV interview with Mark when she was like, And I'm Bridget Jones, and I have a crush, actually. I was like, oh, my goodness, Bridget. You get it, girl. And then Mark's I like you speech Mm. is like, yeah, you're kind of a fucking mess, but I like you just the way you are. I mean, mystery the pickup artist could never. The (laughs) negging that took place in that, I was like, wow, the early aughts really were a wild time to be a woman where this was like, oh, my God, romance is alive. This man just named 16 qualities that are terrible about you, but he doesn't want her to change, and that's beautiful. I liked it. It would have won me over. 
But just like any piece of shit does, Daniel returns to shake shit up now that Bridget is finding new happiness. And the two men fight for her, literally, in the streets and in a Greek restaurant and through a window, leading Bridget to turn them both down. And this is when I turned against Bridget. This made me wet a little bit. How dare you? Yeah, I guess. I think, you know, a man who acts in violence can be scary, but... It was kind of hot. Yeah, not if it's aimed at a man you don't like. And you, again, you can decide which man you like, which man you don't like. But that means one is beating up one you don't like. And I say, do it harder. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. (laughs) So the day of Mark's parents' anniversary party has arrived, and Bridget learns that the story she was told about Mark breaking up Daniel's engagement is actually the opposite of what is true. It was Daniel who slept with Mark's wife. And so, after a very slow car ride, Bridget shows up at the party to apologize to Mark. And I want to use this time to shit-talk some family members of mine who drive. Okay. (laughs) So first, my sister, when she first got her license, she drove so slow. And that's fine. I understand. I've only driven once in my entire life. Also slow. But she was afraid to park near other cars. So she would drive to the back of the parking lot wherever we went, like near nobody else. Oh, I still do that. No way. If there is an open spot that I don't have to worry about hitting another car, I will go there. Mm. Dr. Bald hates it. Yeah, I'm not thrilled with it. Uh Uh-huh. I've never witnessed it yet. You will. You will. Because also that was a phrase of Pepe's growing up is he would always park far away. Or if we had to park far away, he'd be like, Chelsea, we run marathons in this family. We can walk (laughs) a little farther. And I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, Pepe. So whenever I park far away, I'm like, we run marathons. I don't. (laughs) To clarify, I've run one marathon and that was enough for me. Okay. Well, I don't run marathons ever. So you can park wherever you'd like, but don't use that reasoning with me. Mm. Number two, my grandpa used to drive like a bat out of hell. Truly, I thought I was going to die whenever I got in his car. But my grandma was just used to it. She never had her license, spent like 50 years or so with this man. That's just what she got when she got in a car. But then after he passed and she had to start driving with other people, she puts on quite a show. Anytime people turn, she's like, whoa, whoa. Like, okay, you know that you've been in worse conditions than this. Relax. I want to take a spray bottle like a cat. Shake some pennies at her (laughs) in a tin can. So it is too late. Mark is on his way to New York to start a new life with Natasha. So when Christmas rolls around, her friends plan a weekend trip to Paris so she's not alone. But she's not alone when Mock Dossie shows up at her door telling her he realized he forgot to kiss her goodbye. But she won't be caught in granny panties again, so she runs to her bedroom to change, which leaves him time to find her diary. The diary she spent this entire movie shit-talking him in. And so, he leaves. I know you liked the movie. I know you like Bridget. How invested were you? Did you scream? I screamed. I didn't scream. This is where I have a bit of constructive feedback for whoever put this movie on. An hour and 38 minutes. I know in theory it's short. It was too long. This was the period of the movie. There were so many twists and turns. And I know, again, it's an adaptation of a book. So there are lots of twists and turns in a book. But it did feel like Mm. we were meandering to an end, to a conclusion. So I was not anticipating the diary reveal. I didn't scream, but I did a little... (gasps) 
like a little gasp, like a little. Oh. Okay. But also, he did not put that diary down fast. I was going to ask who you blame here. Yeah, he should have realized quicker than he did. I don't know. It depends. The first thing I read, if I picked it up and it was like, "I'm a fat cow. I'm never <laughs> eating again," I would feel bad and put it down. Uh-huh. But if I picked it up and it was like, "Donnie Hatfield needs to suck a big one," then I would keep reading. You're like who's. <laughs> Whose big one do I need to suck? Do you have a number? Yeah, I guess that's true. If I saw my name, I would not be able to control myself to put no, it down. No, especially if you're giving this woman time to change her panties. We're about to be intimate together. So I need to know what you feel about me. Is this a one night stand? Do I need to know that going into it? Mm. Or is this true love? I came back from New York to you, lady. If you're telling me I need to drop dead because I wear reindeer sweaters... I need to know. Yeah, well, unfortunately for him, she does, again, have the same writing style as Tarzan. So it just said, Mark Darcy, man, bad, douchebag, fat, cigarettes, alcohol. It was like an escape room. You have to connect lines <laughs> to figure out what she's trying to say. Yeah. But Bridget chases him down in her panties in the snow and apologizes. It's just a diary. But luckily, this is a sane, grown man we're talking about. So he was never offended. He just left to buy her a new diary so she could make a new start. And with that, they kiss and her new diary begins. Now, I know I've talked a lot in this episode. I could just leave that at the end since Mm -hmm. I did say the end. But I do want to backtrack to her running out in her panties. When I worked at Bubba Shrimp Company... I used to have to wake up so early and then leave for work early as well. But I tried to give myself like 45 minutes to get ready for my day. So sometimes I would take a shower and then kill time by whatever, reading a book, watching an episode of something. And then sometimes I would forget to get dressed because I was invested in what I was watching. So one time I did leave my house in just a button down and a jacket and shoes, but no pants on. Underwear? Underwear, yeah. But it was summertime and we were allowed to wear shorts in the office. So I assumed what my underwear were were shorts. And then I got downstairs. I was like, oh my God, pants. Thank God you realized then. It would be kind of cute if I did it. Like, imagine I got two bubblegum company located in the heart of Times Square, New York, New York. And then that's when I realized I had no pants yeah, on. Very risky business of you. <gasps> dun, 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 dun. No, that's not the song. No. But you know what dun, I mean. Dun, 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 dun. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, on that note, final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would you cast or what would a sequel be? I only casted... Florence Pugh as Bridget Jones. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. Thank you. I know that there were sequels. Now, again, I have no idea what happens in any of these sequels. Uh So I made my own. Oh, okay. And maybe I'm just going to be pitching a sequel that does exist. But (laughs) we know that Mark Darcy is going to New York. Mm. I would like to see her take a bite out of the Big Apple. I would like to see her have some American friends. And maybe there could be an old school If we're going back in time, you know, time never exists when I do these. It was the end times of Sex and the City. But wouldn't that be a fun little crossover that she becomes friends with probably Carrie, realistically. Hmm. And she could be part of that little crew just for like an episode or two. That would be fun. Yeah. Better than what really happens, actually. In Uh the second one, she gets put in a Thai prison (gasps) for for drugs. What? Are you fucking with me? No, she gets put in a Thai prison for drug possession that she doesn't know about. So then when she's in jail, she and the other convicts perform Like a Virgin by Madonna. And in the third one, one of these men die. (gasps) 
Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, uh-huh. Is she still in prison or did she get out for the third one? Oh no, she gets out. It's oh. just like a little funny thing that happens. It's not like the whole plot. Okay. Wow. Well, I thought that my answer was unhinged, but as it turns out, the Bridget Jones collection is crazier. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. And then final, final thoughts. What about this movie ages well and what aged like blockbuster? Um <laughs> so throwaway lines about like Japanese people or the Holocaust mm-hmm. is a tough thing <laughs> to support. Especially in the first two minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but besides that, I would say I feel like we do this often where it's like blockbuster, but also a sign of the times. The weight stuff is tough. And I feel like body image is different now, but still kind of the same. Like, I feel like we have plus size models and like influencers in bigger bodies that like we know are happy with themselves. So I think that's the meat here that's different. Bridget was not happy with herself. These women in larger bodies are, but then there are still piece of shit men online that say like, hey, two by four, whatever. Mm -hmm. We've gone farther, but also not at all. And we also have headlines currently that is like, heroin chic is back. Everybody's taking out their BBLs and starting to get real skinny on Ozempic. We are in that resurgence of that super skinny is in. I mean, the weight stuff definitely ages like Blockbuster just in terms of, yes, was it an accurate portrayal of how women were thinking and still are thinking, unfortunately, about their bodies? Yes. But I do think the message was that Mark Darcy likes her the way she is and doesn't want her to change. But we never fully like seem to connect the dots to like she's okay the way she is and there were moments Uh of like self-improvement and empowerment and all of that but still I feel like the messaging for the young girls watching this movie was like no dieting is good and look you get a man if you diet and yay we found a man who likes me just how I am but also I'm skinny when I'm happy so now I'm skinny true yeah because whenever her life was on the up and up we saw her at the gym and eating right and whatever but then when she was miserable that's when she was eating Twinkies. Right. And you yeah. can eat Twinkies and be, be thriving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to right now. <laughs> so next week, we are covering Jawbreaker for its 25th anniversary. Woo. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day again, cuties. We will talk to you later. Love, Love you like, like a sister. sister. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please. <laughs> Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One. If you want more, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes, as well as even more bonus content. And if you like what you heard, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. And to help us grow this community of chaotic cuties, share an episode with a friend you think would pass the vibe check. And to see the madness, check out our YouTube channel, where video footage from all current episodes are posted weekly. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and all other social media platforms. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono oh Chels. Talk to See you later. later. Love, Love you like, like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.